You found the Winding Roads Podcast. My name is Isaac Redinger. Each week, my guests and I talk about cars, our own cars, our past cars, cars we're excited about, how we were bitten by the car enthusiast bug, and more. Hop in, buckle up, and join me for another great drive. Happy Monday, everyone. Uh, welcome back. Today, I've got Sean from Detached Garage on Instagram. Uh, I assume you have a website as well, right, Sean? Yeah, detachedgarage.com. Okay, simple enough. Yeah. And you specialize in custom-built garages, correct? Or custom, um, probably the whole spectrum versus like whether it's, um, you know, from the ground up or like a reno maybe? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, you know, it, it kind of started as a way to document my own garage building process and kind of okay. turned into, you know, more of a resource for people of like, Hey, you're doing all the research. You're finding out the best things. You're you're understanding what's going on and and how difficult it is to actually build a garage. Um, and so it kind of turned into, hey, a few people were to ask me for advice and said, hey, why don't you like start sharing? And so that's kind of how it it was founded. So nice. Yeah. And how long have yeah. you been doing this? Um, I think started. The Instagram probably in 2018, I think okay. was was when I started the Instagram, and but uh, been driven about garages for long before that. So <laughs> nice, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's uh, it's been a journey, but it, it's been an interesting journey. Every every year, you know, the following keeps growing a little bit, and everything, and um, you know, people uh, direct message and email, and um, starting to get a few clients and you know, paying clients. So it's, it's been, it's been really, really good to, you know, share ideas about other people's garages and then um, be able to help and provide some value to people mm -hmm. and, you know, help them see their dreams being built. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so what was the process for your, for your garage? Like the genesis of this whole idea um, you was when you were doing your own. Um, how did that right. start? What did that process look like? Yeah, so it's actually still ongoing. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of started. I think like a lot of people, you know, you as a automotive enthusiast and as a car enthusiast, you want a spot to have your baby, your project, your and you know, and a space that's your own where you can either show it off in a showroom style garage or sure. you know a, a fabrication shop because you're into that kind of thing, um, but it's, it usually starts with the car and then says, Oh yeah, I need a spot to do something with this car. <laughs> um, so when my wife and I bought our house, uh, we were pretty specific on looking for either a house that had a really good garage or a house that was on a piece of property that could build a garage. Sure. And so that's where it really started. And I think a lot of people think like start there as well and think, well, all right, if I get a house that has a garage that I can remodel or get a house that has some property where I could build, I just go find some plans and throw some money at it and magically it'll get built. And right. that's not really how it works at all. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. I can relate to, you mentioned about having somewhere to be able to like work on a project or something. Right. Um, when I, so when I started driving, my parents got me like a, a toolbox or a tool set. It was like in the size of four shoe boxes, if you would pile them up together. Right. Um, and I used that for a long time. And then maybe 10, 12 years ago, I upgraded to like a, th a three stack tower from Harbor Freight. 
Yeah. And that was great. It had a lot of room in it. But the last couple of years, I realized I don't have like a work area. Like I would always end up like sitting on my little stool and like working on my lap or um, right. wherever. Like I need a, a work area. So I, I changed my, now I have like a, they call it like a workbench, but it's got a worktop and then okay. the toolbox is underneath it and everything. Okay. So I can definitely relate to, it's kind of an afterthought. If you work in your garage to any extent, you know, right. usually you store the car in there and then you have like your tools somewhere, but usually a work area is an afterthought that you have to figure out later. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's so nice to just have a spot and I don't know if you have kids or not. I have kids and there's, you know, power wheels and bikes and stuff has kind of taken over my normal spot in the garage. Right. So, um, it, it's nice to have that spot where you can just go and either work on a project or detail your car or just keep it safe from whether it's the elements or, you know, kids riding by on a scooter and <laughs> scraping it up. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any memor memorable builds or, or renovations that you've done or are you working currently? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've, definitely helped with a few that are kind of in progress right now. It's really just gotten to the phase of um, actually helping people with, with the implementation portion of it. Um, I have a video up on, on my YouTube channel as well about um, this Tesla garage that I, that I helped design and, and kind of feature out as well. Uh, Jason and I worked together and uh, he found me on Facebook and we just started working together because he's, he had this, he's building his dream house. It was already framed, already under, you know, construction, already had some of the siding on and everything. And they were just kind of putting the finishing touches on it. And he said, Hey, I need you in here now to tell me what I'm going to do right and wrong. And so he already had hired a builder and everything like that. So I walked through with Jason and the builder and we kind of talked about, you know, where he was going to mount his Tesla power walls to, you know, cause he was getting Tesla solar roof and everything. And so the, the big thing was to make it clean, you know, the, the, he wanted it to feel like a Tesla when he sat inside it. So very minimalistic, very clean and organized and his, sure. his kids play hockey. And so there was a area for hockey storage of, you know, gear and equipment that could be heated and a boot heater and, and everything like that to dry out the, the hockey skates and everything. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a very fun project. Unfortunately, it was, it was a little bit constrained. I think we might've been able to do things a little bit differently if he hadn't been in the framing phase already, gotcha. but I think it's a good, it's a good notion to people that no matter where you are in the process, just dreaming, you know, you've bought a set of plans already, you're, you're already broken ground and haven't had framing up or you have framing up or you bought a house and you want to remodel, you get, just got to understand your constraints and what sure. you can and can't do. And, you know, anything's possible with time and money, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Jason's garage turned out really well. I've helped a few clients um, in the Atlanta area just with some you know, design concepts and renderings. And that, that's a nice thing. People, um, I can certainly help facilitate with uh, contractors and, you know, looking up contractors and helping depending on what area they're in. Obviously, being in the Wisconsin, Milwaukee area, um, I know a lot of local ones that I've shook hands with. 
but then some people just, Hey, just show me the concept, show me the designs. I'm handy. I'll take care of it or, or I'll hire it out in my own area. So I work Mm -hmm. with people kind of all over the country and we also offer um, full architecture and interior design services as well. So if you okay. want to build something from the ground up and design it from the ground up, we have an architect and an interior designer on staff to, to help do that. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of options. And yeah. I, yeah. I feel it's, like uh, a reno would probably be your most common um, where people buy a house and they want to suit it to their needs. Right. Yeah. It's either, you know, typically, depending on when your house is built, um, you know, 80s to two, early 2000s, the majority of garages, the garage isn't finished, right? It's just studs. It's unconditioned yep. space. Um, and yeah, renos are, or finishing is, is really popular and additions as well. So how do I add a third stall, a fourth stall, you know, or just go all the way to a, a full detached garage, you know? Okay. So nice. Yeah. So speaking of that, what is in your garage? In my garage? Well, um, so it's, uh, my, my wife and I, we, we loved racing. And so the, the car behind me on the wall, uh, is a, called a Palatov D2. I was going to ask about that. That's a really unique photo. And yeah, yeah. It caught my it's, attention for sure. So go ahead. Yeah. So it's a, um, it's, you can buy it as a kit or you can have Palatov, uh, motorsports out in Oregon, build it for you. And basically it's a mid-engine Corvette before there was a mid-engine Corvette. So it's Hmm. got, um, you can buy it with a, a vast array of different LS motors. And, um, this one has a, uh, LS seven in it with a sequential gearbox and everything. Mm. So it's street legal. Um, unfortunately, uh, last year it was wrecked and totaled. And so, um, insurance paid out. Nobody was hurt. Everything was fine. Um, but, uh, unfortunately it's, it is gone now because insurance totaled it out. So, um, my wife and I were talking and, and she said, Hey, you know, you're work. I'm working through my own garage project right now at, at home. Um, most recently we've finished our final design and got a bunch of the quotes back and it was just too expensive with lumber prices and, sure. and stuff going crazy right now. So, um, she said, Hey, let's build the garage before you get another car. So, um, uh, I said, that's fair. There's, there's worse things in the world than your wife telling you to build an awesome garage. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, that's kind of the phase we're at. So my daily driver right now is, a uh, 2014 Audi Q7 diesel. Okay. So, okay. um, you know, I, something to drive around, get decent fuel mileage and, uh, then could still haul the race car and sure. a trailer and stuff. And so then my wife drives, a, a 2018 Pacifica hybrid. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. What's your experience been with the hybrid with the, uh, Pacifica? Yeah. Love it. Um, so she, she works fairly close to home. So she's only got about like, even with dropping the kids off at, at school and stuff, she has probably like a 10 minute commute. And so the Pacifica hybrid gets about 30 miles of range in the summer. So, I mean, she can pretty much drive to and from work and 
drop some errands and stuff and plug it in and never be on uh, gas. But it's great for the long trips sure. uh, when you need it, right? Um, I had a, a Tesla Model S before I had um, my Audi and wanted something to tow with. So, and that was my favorite daily driver I've ever had. Um, okay. You know, I go from the wild, crazy, fire breathing LS7 powered, you know, Palatov to this quiet, serene, yet still <laughs> quick and powerful uh, Model S. It was, I like both ends of the spectrums. I don't yeah. really discriminate much. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, along those lines, what's the earliest memory you have um, involving a car? So my dad, uh, always a, a gearhead, um, you know, his, his first job was at a, a Sears auto care place, changing tires, changing oil. That was his first job when he was in his, in his teenage years in high school. And, um, so I, my earliest memory was with him, whether it was, you know, going to a car show or, uh, we didn't have, you know, a super, a lot money. We were certainly not poor, but at the same time we needed to watch our pennies. And so he, he did his own vehicle maintenance beyond like not, not necessarily body work or anything like that, but Hey, the alternator went out. All right, I'll take the weekend and change that. So I remember, you know, getting yelled at to point the flashlight in the right direction (laughs) and, you know, hand me, hand me the right wrench and everything. So that, those are probably my first memories, whether it was a car show or helping him in, in our garage at home. Um, but yeah, I think those were, those were my first memories. Nice. Okay. Um, what, is there a project that you first remember helping out with in particular, or just kind of like, you know, dad's changing whatever this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, we, we just had, he didn't really have a fun car. It was Mm -hmm. mainly, Hey, just what we could afford and, and get him to and from work and, and wrenching with him there. But um, he had certainly friends around the area. Um, when we, when we were in the Georgia area when I was younger and I remember, uh, one of his friends was a, a British car enthusiast. So, okay. um, you know, the original mini Cooper, um, before BMW came out with, with their version. And, um, I, I remember he had one of those, he had a, uh, a Lotus Elan. Okay. Um, and so I remember, you know, going with dad to hang out at some other guy's garage and, and wrench a little bit on, you know, slightly cooler cars than, than we had in, in our garage. And then, um, I remember watching racing on Sunday mornings with him and, and he was a big F1 fan and I've been a big F1 fan even before drive to survive came out and, you know, everything. Um, but so he, he's been to a few F1 races in the seventies and stuff. So yeah, he kind of passed that down to me. So sure. Yeah. Have you been to a race at all? I have, I have. Okay. Um, so, uh, I took my dad in, in 2018 to Austin actually. Okay. And, um, then my wife and I, we took, a the first two weeks off of work I've ever taken in my life, but we went to, uh, went to Melbourne in Australia so that was 20, 2019. We were able okay. to go there. And so I didn't go to Miami this year. Um, tickets were quite pricey. For, I, I've heard. Yeah. Like, it was 
that's one thing they're talking about is like Miami and Las Vegas next year and yeah. a lot of the newer ones. Liberty um, Media is really driving. Uh, yeah. The along with it is higher prices than right. traditional. Because I remember when my dad and I went to Austin, um, I think, we, so we got general admission tickets for three days. And I think we were only $175 a ticket for for the three-day pass on general okay. admission, which is, you know, affordable, right? Yeah. It's not it's not cheap, but it it's certainly affordable. Um, then you got the hotels and everything like that. But But yeah, I think... I'm interested to see how Vegas will go mm. next year. I think um, I'm really interested to see how they're going to do general admission because if sure. they're going to be ripping down the strip, is is a ho- are they really going to close the sidewalks off right. to people who don't have tickets? Right. Are casinos going to like that where you know people limited access to the casinos and stuff? So it'll be interesting how they how they balance that out where you know general admission versus somebody paying for a ticket. So, yeah. I yeah. was wondering about the logistics of that too, because it's a very, it's a busy city and it's like, there's a lot of foot traffic because a lot right. of the, you know, casinos are near each other and, and restaurants, I imagine. I've never yep. been to Las Vegas, but I kind of get that impression. Um, yeah. As opposed to like, you know, um, Saudi Arabia, they just added that's kind of just like a park along the coast. Right. So it's not like you're interfering with business for a lot of companies necessarily. Exactly. Um, Monaco is its own thing where it's been the same thing for every year. People just know what to do and um, things like, so yeah, I, I've been wondering, wondering about the logistics myself as well. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm excited that it's grown so much. I mean, just watching this weekend, the race was fantastic in Austin and um, record attendance and everything like that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to see three races in the U.S. on on the calendar. So um, I probably won't go to Vegas the first year. We'll we'll give them a a year to figure out the logistics yeah. before we adventure out there, and then talk to some people who did go and get the inside track on, on how to do things the second year, hopefully. So, yeah, yeah. my wife and I went to, uh, Canada in 2019. Nice. Um, nice. And that was my first formula one race. And I don't know if I would go back there. I definitely want to try some other, go to some other tracks and experience those. Yeah. Um, it was nice cause it was close. Mm-hmm. It was just like a couple hour flight away yep. and it was pretty easy to adapt to. If especially if, like I've driven a, or traveled abroad before, yeah. But if you're you know new to the sport and you want to go somewhere close and you've never been out of the country, that's like the easiest thing you can do is to go to Canada, yeah. Um, to kind of acclimate yourself to a different culture, although it's kind of you know it's halfway between another culture and our own, right? Yeah. Well, and then you throw the the French Canadian thing yeah. into it, so then it. Um, yeah, it's uh, Montreal is definitely on on my list of of places to go. I'd love to go to someday hit every every spot someday, yeah. but uh, that'll be many many years in the future before I can do that. But yeah, okay, yeah. So who who did you root for when you were a kid? I would usually root for who is my dad's team. I can't. 
I can't remember offhand when I was real, real little. I can't remember who he was rooting for. Um, but as a engineer at heart, you know, I I always rooted for that innovation. So you know, Gordon Murray in the fan car, and um, just the the skirting the edges of the rules was was exciting to see. You know what. You, you put an engineer in, in front of a, a problem on a piece of paper that says, here's your boundaries and, and seeing what, what they can do and what they can mm -hmm. come up with. So, um, you know, I was in 2014 on the hybrid era. Yeah, the cars don't sound nearly as good as they used to, but Mercedes genius design to split the turbo in half and, yeah. you know, separate the hot section from the cold section. And that, that was, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I so, first heard that they did that. I'm like, yeah. I mean, obviously for packaging on a street car, it's a different story, but it's a no brainer, like for, in a thermodynamics perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, thinking back to when I was younger and in my childhood years, you know, Schumacher clearly, you know, cheering for him and but i you know it didn't really start grasping grasping the sport to the full extent um and these multi-million dollar machines and teams until you know really in in high school and college so do you think the 94 benetton was a cheater or do you think it was legit uh i don't know that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> It's a good question. I, I it, you know, it, on the flip side of that, it, I don't know if you watch NASCAR too. My my uncle will swear that Jimmy Johnson. There's no way he won all those things without cheating, right? Okay. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. We'll we'll leave it up to to undecided. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I don't know if you remember what the old, um, I guess it was on Speed Channel when the, before ESPN had the rights, it was mm -hmm. Speed Channel and yep. there was uh, Lee Diffie and David Hobbs and uh, yep. Steve Matchett. And those were, I like those guys. And then since the time since then, I've listened to a few of Steve's books and yeah. one, he can, he can tell a story like yeah. the detail and just it's like how do you go from being a car mechanic to being such a good storyteller that just fascinates me yeah. um of course you get a certain perspective of that whole saga because he was on the benetton team at the time right um and i think there's plausible deniability there that they probably were because it's their goal to be in as much of the gray area as possible right and still be legal <laughs> i th yeah and so Obviously, he thinks they did no wrong. I right. wasn't around at the time to really have an opinion. Yep. I tend to lean his way, but I could also see how other people would construe it differently. So I'm yeah. mostly neutral, somewhat slighted to to their side. Yeah. Interesting fact. Um, so David Hobbs, uh, he really, really enjoyed racing at Road America in Wisconsin. Hmm. And so... Um, there is a Honda dealership, David Hobbs Honda, okay. um, that he owns and, and is still around, still around today. It's because in, in the Milwaukee area, because he, you know, enjoyed, uh, the, the track just 
an hour and a half north of where we are at road america so okay yeah yeah have you ever been to any events there yeah yeah it's uh it's a great place to go um that was one of the big events that was one of the biggest events i remember during covid was because you know you're outside it's hundreds of acres of being outside and so more people felt more comfortable to go to the racetrack and be outside for an event so I've been to multiple IMSA weekends up there and in IndyCar. And then they have the the historical June sprints up there. I remember going up there with my dad for that and camping out um, in a tent in the carousel and, you know, getting woken up by the, um, by the track drying trucks coming through in the morning and in the tent and stuff. So um, it's, it's awesome. It's a beautiful, beautiful track. And they actually just, um, they just repaved it, the resurfaced the entire thing. So, um, I'll be, I'm interested to see how, how that affects the times if they, uh, start turning quicker lap times there next year. So, yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head if Emerson has ever been to road America. I don't think he has. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I asked him about it cause I, I told him, I said, Hey, next time you're, you're on your way through, just, just let me know. Um, be good to grab a beer. So, um, I don't think he has it on the schedule for next year, but um, yeah, when I was chatting with him, he hadn't been before. Love the show and want to help it grow? Now you can. Head over to patreon.com slash podcast. With three tiers to choose from, you can simply support the show, get a shout out, or even make a special request. I appreciate your support. It truly means a lot and will go a long way to helping deliver a better show for you. Are there any projects you're looking forward to or any plans for the winter? Yeah. So, um, winter right now, um, really just trying to get design number two finished. Um, so we, we had designed our garage and, uh, focused on trying to meet all of our goals and, and our design certainly did that, but, um, it was, it came in far, far more expensive than we thought it was going to. Um, even if lumber prices returned to where they were, we just, we really over-designed uh, the garage to what our budget was. And sure. you know, that, that happens. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, right now we're in the, and I've already had the building permit, the zoning permit, everything was done. The, literally the excavator was in, in the backyard sitting there and I got the final quotes back and I'm like, send, send the excavator back. We, we can't <laughs> afford this right now. Um, we had the, the silt fence in and everything. And so, um, yeah, we're this winter, the, the plan is to, um, re finish the design, try to reapply for permits. Hopefully we only have to, um, we only have to do an amendment to, to the permit instead of paying the full fee again and resubmitting sure. and stuff. Um, so then we could break ground in the spring. So that's, that's the focus for this winter. Um, you know, the nice thing is, uh, Part of the nice thing, I guess, if you, if you can call it that, paying more money to the architect to, to finish that up, um, is the uh, having the designs for sale. So um, I'm the, my current design has the garage being connected to the house because mm-hmm. of the, the zoning requirements, how big we wanted to go. 
you can't detach it. You can't have a accessory building that large um, for our size lot. So we had okay. to attach it to the house with like a, a connector breezeway sort of thing. Okay. Um, but I'll have the plan sale plan available for sale shortly on our website where you could buy basically the finished original design that I had. And then once I finish this next design, we'll, we'll have that up there too. So that's kind of the next phase of our website is and business is having these plans available where um, you can buy them and then modify them to your needs with some additional uh, architectural work from the architect we have on staff. So um, it's uh, versus going, buying a box online and and then trying to figure it out as, as you go. Uh, It's, you know, hopefully the plans are much more turnkey and ready and thought thoughtful than mm-hmm. currently what's available online right now. Okay. So, yeah. Do you have any other um, plans in the works for like to add to the repertoire? Yeah, yeah. We're we're kind of going through um, going through and trying to figure out once we get our 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 personal garage done, um, then we're going to kind of attack the next one. Uh, part of the the website and what's really been successful, I think, on Instagram and, and people growing the, the the following and comments and bouncing ideas off each other in the comments and everything um, has been getting that idea and seeing other people's seeing how other people have done things and then trying to match that up with their values, like. You'll, you'll get in the comments every once in a while, oh, I don't see a toolbox in that garage. It's not a real garage unless there's a, a wrench or a welder in there. And it's like, yeah, for you, that's true. Like, that's, yeah. that's not your garage. But um, some people want to, you know, have a showroom garage and just mm-hmm. show off. And they're, they're not mechanically inclined, but they want to show off their, their toys. Yeah. So um, the, the website, what, how I started the the foundation for it was a garage gallery so the the tough thing about instagram is you can't put a lot of information on there it's not very searchable you know mm-hmm. it's instant so rather than going through all two thousands of my posts to try and find what you want um we created the the website where you can go and you can upload your garage your specs of your garage um and help other people out really sure. like Hey, here's the the ceiling dimensions. Here's the paint I used. Here's the pressure washer I have. Here's the lift I have. Um, here's the the siding I used and and the floor. And just talk through in more detail with pictures, um, you know, how it worked for them and and their experience. What they wish they would have done different. What sure. what they're so glad they w- that they actually spent the extra money on upfront to do. And so you can go through and filter by garage size. You can filter by number of cars, single story, two story with an apartment above or, or things like that, um, that you can filter on the website versus actually, you know, scrolling through hashtags and Instagram right. and trying to search that way. So um, we're, we've got about, I think, 35 garages on there right now. Um, okay. Just some, some close people that I've, you know, gotten in contact with of, as I've grown the Instagram account and everything. And so hopefully we can um, continue to get more submissions and more garages. And then um, 
that's kind of our plan from an architectural standpoint is to say, okay, here's the most viewed garage. Let's start there and get a similar version of that garage online for you to purchase those plans and then make it your own. That's a big thing for us is um, making sure your goals are met, not somebody else's goals. and, And there's things that people like and dislike. And again, the one guy wants a, a full fabrication shop in the garage and the other guy just wants, you know, pristine tile floor to park his Ferrari on. Both are great garages. It's just, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish with it? Or maybe just have both. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And a wall between them. So you don't get the metal sparks under your, under your nice tile floor. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing that's really epic for me is like just seeing a car that's almost, it looks like it's in a living room. Right. But you kind of drive it in or there's like an elevator that pushed it up. Like yep. it's obviously multi-million dollar property, but I think that's really like, that's where you put your Ferris Bueller car, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, but then like, I've always told my wife, I'd like to have a driveway that like swoops around. And so like it's in the front of the house. And then if you go around the back of the house, there's like a six car garage where I just yeah. have all of my different cars there and stuff. So, yep. you know, Jay Leno right here without the money. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all, we're, I think we're all dreaming right there. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly been fun. I'm, I'm excited that the, the website is, is continuing to grow and people are sharing ideas like that's, that's my why is I want to help these other people reach their goals and mm-hmm. hopefully the, the website, um, I've gotten some good feedback on it, some things we got to tweak and change, but, um, overall great feedback on the extra detail and level of detail that's there versus just Instagram. You know? Sure. Yeah. What, what kind of things are trending right now? What are people retrofitting into the garages or building their garages to accommodate? Yeah. So it, COVID has been super interesting for that because more and more designs are including, an office, a okay. home office or, or something like that, that's kind of included in that space, whether they're um, going from a two stall garage, they're using a whole stall as an office slash kind of hangout second living room area, um, all the way down to, you know, brand new garage plans are, are including offices, man caves, you know, uh, she shed areas of you know, stuff like that, where Mm -hmm. there's those extras that are included because people are spending more time at home than they used to. Um, and you know, some people have still haven't gone back to the office. It's, Mm -hmm. it's crazy interesting, but, um, yeah, it's, that's really what's, what I've seen trending right now is, is making it, um, making it accomplish more goals, for you than just maintenance, storage, building cars or washing cars. What's a garage or something in a garage you saw that was like, wow, that's a really good idea. I need to think about adding that or wish I could add that or something like that. Like what is something that really stood out there? Um, So working with Jason on the Tesla garage, one thing that we put in his garage, he, he came to me with a problem. He's like, hey, we live in Wisconsin. It's cold. Yes, I'm going to have, you know, in-floor hydronic heating to, to heat the garage, but I've got kids and those kids tend to 
you know, run, run outside chasing their brother and just leave the garage door open. And I don't want all the heat to go out. And so it, it almost got into more of like a, a home automation problem than a, um, a garage problem. But one thing we talked about was, well, we could do an air curtain. Um, and so if, if you've gone in into a building, like a commercial building that doesn't have a breezeway or a set of two sets of doors to kind of break the, um, break the flow of air into the building, you usually walk through and the door opens and then an air curtain comes on and it just shoots air downward to keep the warmer cold air out and keep the warmer cold air in, um, depending on whether you're in a heating or cooling cycle. Sure. Um, and so we put an air curtain in his garage. And so there's a, a residential house right now with an air curtain um, to, uh, so if somebody leaves the garage door open, the air curtain turns on in, you know, five minutes. And then um, I think we have some additional automation that if it's open for, you know, 30 minutes, then the garage door just closes. So, okay. Um, that's pretty it's, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's again very nobody really needs that, but yeah. um, at the same time, uh, it was a cool problem solving thing to to put in. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was that was one thing that really that really stood out to me is, hey, this is this is an interesting solution to yeah. to that problem. So it's definitely outside the box and left field. Yes, yes, it is, but. Um, that's, I guess that's the, the engineer in me kind of thinking, thinking that way. So, um, a few other things that I've seen, um, you know, pet owners, uh, you think about detailing your car. Well, if you're going to put a wash bay in your garage, why not have a, an area that's raised up a little bit for your pet to hop in and you can, you know, clean them as well. Or if your kid's you know, slide down a muddy hill, you can put them in there too. And <laughs> it's a good spot. So, um, but yeah, uh, accommodations for pets has, has, has been interesting. And then obviously the, the home gym movement mm-hmm. as well. And, and the space doubling as, you know, all things. So maintenance for your car, cleaning your car, working out home office, all in one space. It's, it's been interesting to find that balance where yeah. people can check off their list of goals all with one spot. And so um, there's some really cool garage gym equipment out there that can retract and sit on the wall and um, still have a, a full set of weights. And um, for even, you know, CrossFit powerlifting type exercises and stuff. So um it's been interesting to yeah. see how that how that balance and how the the space planning and organizing of that footprint is is laid out to not take away from any of those four to five goals for the garage, but they can accommodate it all. That definitely sounds like a challenge is how you do it well for each of them, but like there's gotta be compromises somewhere. Yes, absolutely. I mean even you build the biggest garage you've ever seen. There's going to be some sort of compromise, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, it, if you build a warehouse, it's going to feel like a warehouse. It's not going to feel, it probably won't have a homey feel to it. Right. right. So, um, there's, 
compromises wherever you go. It's just trying to, and that's something I, when I do an introductory meeting with a client, it is all about what are your goals? What are you mm-hmm. trying to accomplish? What are your constraints? Where are you at? That, that's what I'm trying to find out more. What's important to them so that we can work together to kind of check that list off of um, making sure their needs get met. Mm-hmm. And not just their needs. Um, most of the time it's it's talking to, to one side of the household, but I, I try to say, hey, like this is typically it's a, it's a large financial investment where um, it's going to be a family space. You know, the kids mm-hmm. might be running around in there. Or uh, for me, it was my wife and I, the first garage design we did, we had a entire second story with a, a workout area for, for her up there and a home office for me. And um, I designed in a, a, a YouTube studio and, and podcast studio and stuff. And so um, that was that we're trying to check all those boxes again. It got just got too out of control from a, sure. a budget standpoint, but now we're still in this design. We're we've taken out the second story. We're going to still have storage trusses because that was still hey we want to store our kayaks up there and, and stuff like that. So, um, but we're going to have a, a workout area on the main garage level in the garage that can fold away and fold out of the way. So that was kind of that compromise to still have that space yet bring down the budget to reality to what we can afford. So, okay. You mentioned your YouTube channel. What kind of content um, can we find there? So um, it's really been following kind of my garage journey. So um, some product product reviews, looking at um, separate product stuff, kind of, walking through the different phases of planning your garage, designing your garage. And then we were supposed to be in the middle of the building, the garage section right now, but uh, that's again, kind of taking that back seat. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's following along with my journey and hopefully some specific content to add value to um, people who are thinking about what type of foundation should they use, you know, um, the different building techniques, that sort of thing. And then my vision longer term is to hopefully go meet some of these people that have uploaded their garage onto, um, onto the website in person. Uh, Emerson would be great. Him and I have talked about it, uh, you know, stopping by whenever I'm in that, that area and, and taking a, a tour through his garage and just showing more in depth so people can get that feedback of, Hey, Emerson, what are you, what are you so happy you did? What are you really frustrated about the Mm -hmm. garage? How doesn't it work for you and why? Mm -hmm. And then what are your, what are your goals for your garage? And is it not meeting any, is it meeting all of them? That sort of thing. So, um, that's really the content I'd, I'd love to get to, um, to help people out with where they can, if they're like me, they do a lot of research ahead of time. They try, you know, they, they look for um, that experiential knowledge of people who have lived with something um, and hopefully implement that on, on their plans and their goals as they're designing their garage so they can avoid thousands of dollars of mistakes and, and then redoing it in, in the future. The whole goal is not to do a remodel yeah. in the future, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. He actually pointed out in one of his posts a month or two ago that he can move his lift 
Yeah. With this like little jack. And I didn't even know there was a thing, but I'm like that is perfect because especially for what he needed, I forget what it was at the time, but it just helped him do that one thing. Or yeah. if you um, all of a sudden have to use the area beside it for a different use and you need to accommodate that, it's allows for flexibility. And I thought it was a genius. I don't know how I'd never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the lift manufacturer and everything. Some aren't rated to not have them bolted down um, into with concrete anchors and stuff. But um, you know, some are are freestanding like that, and you you can do that. Um, but uh, yeah, it, there's so many cool things to think about, and you know, ways to align and organize things of you know, how much space should I have between the wall and the lift post if I want to be able to, you know, walk around it? And and mm -hmm. how much room do I need between the front of the lift and my cabinets? And it, there's so many things to think about of like, okay, you can draw it on a computer, you can plop your, your outline of your car in there, but are you actually going to be able to use it once everything is in there all at once and right. not have to pull three cars out so you can walk around the car it, yeah right. it'll fit it's a three car garage it'll fit three cars but realistically you're probably only having one or two in there if you're actually working on it right so yeah 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 i that makes me think of my dad's garage he's always reusing things that he gets from like another project his his brother was a subcontractor when i was a kid um okay. and then I don't know how he came across it, but a few years ago, he got these cabinets from some kind of house or something, but he put these cabinets in his garage and they're like kitchen cabinets Yeah, and it works and he's got storage, but his truck now is inches from these cabinets all the way around. And okay. then he's got like his lawnmower in the middle of the two bays and yep. it's like so tight in there. I don't know how he could like maneuver anything, right? Um, but that's, that's one of the things you don't think about is, you know, it, it makes sense on paper. Right. But when you see I've got 18, 18 inches of room, oh, that sounds like enough room. But then right. you get in there and it's tighter than you need or is convenient. And it's like, oh, I wish I would have done that differently. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing that level of comfort, especially if, if that's what you want to do in your garage and, and work on your car yourself or, or, you know, have people over to help work on the car or whatnot, that space around it is, is so critical to, you know, stage parts, stage tools, You'd be able to open up a door all the way so you can take the, the inner door card off or, you know, that's the things people don't think about when they're laying out their garage and, and how they want to use it if you come to me and say, that's not my goal, I'm never going to do that, then great. We'll, we'll maximize the space a different way and try to keep the footprint as small as possible to reduce costs. Cause you're still paying a per square foot price to build whatever you're, you're, you're building, but you know, adding those square feet, if your goal like me is to someday build a car in their garage, it, you know, you really need, two bays next to each other, one for the chassis, one for the body to, you know, eventually build that car and yeah. have that breathing room where you can leave it, walk away and you don't have to like 
oh, quick, clean everything up to get to work the next morning, you know. Or rush to finish a project because you have to put the other car back in the other exactly. bay. And, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't know if we touched on it. How did you? How did you and Emerson meet or come uh, to know each it other? Was, it was all Instagram. So, okay. um, yeah, I had uh, seen his posts and um, saw his garage and uh, a fellow, uh, you know, weekend racer uh, and, and certainly enjoy his content on that. So, yeah, we had just been trading, talk, trading direct messages, talking about garages and cars and, and everything. And so, um, yeah, that's... Uh, Instagram connections. Uh, I can't remember if I slid into his DMs or if he slid into my DMs or what, but yeah. yeah. (laughs) I found him um, shortly after I got my Cayman. I started a a Cayman or an Instagram page for the car and started following a few Porsche accounts and stuff like that and end up finding his because of his his Cayman GT4. Um, But since then, it's, it's been probably over a year that I've been following him and um, we've gotten to talk about random things and, you know, he yep. always makes me salivate with some of the stuff he cooks and, yep. um, and just random stuff like that. So yeah. it's, it's interesting how one thing can connect people in a different way. Indeed. Yeah. It's, especially you mentioned the Cayman um, that was, so I was able to salvage the LS seven out of the car Um, so that was not totaled. So I have this, you know, 600 horsepower LS sitting on a stand right now, just waiting to go into something, um, you know, seven liters of of fury, just sitting on a stand, (laughs) um, at my, at my buddy's shop, since I don't have a garage right now, but our, our thought was the nine, eight, one body style of Cayman to try to shoehorn an LS in there. Um, okay. just find one with a, a blown motor or something and, and fit an LS in there. I know a, a bunch of people have, have done it with the, um, the nine, eight, seven kind of style, but I haven't seen anybody do it with, uh, with a nine, eight, one yet, uh, okay. or seven eighteen for that matter. So, yeah, I was um, expecting you to say nine, eight, seven. And then you said nine, eight, one. I'm like, Oh, I haven't seen that before. Yeah. I love the the body style of the 981 so much more than the 987 and um you know it's uh I would I would love to do that so if there was a a project on deck after after the garage is done finding a a salvage title you know um 987 or 9981 and and swapping the LS7 into it that would be uh that that's on the list of things okay. to potentially try so, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't expect you to go there because I was going to ask you that question about what's what's on your list after the garage is done. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's a it's a salvage nine eight one with a LS swap. Yep. Yep. So that that would be on the list of of projects. Um, I'm also I don't know what about it, but the E ninety M three. That would be if if I wasn't looking for a project and I was just looking for you know, uh, an enthusiast vehicle, uh, something about the four doors, being able to take the kids along with for uh, a nice back road cruise or something that would be, that would be fun as well. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are kind of the two, two cars I'm, you know, constantly looking at, at online for, for sale pages, but 
realistically never going to pull the trigger on it until the garage <laughs> is done. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned the the E ninety because just last week, um, my guest Chris has an okay. E ninety M three, yeah, and a nine eight seven. Um, and so we were talking about that, and I'm like, well, which one is you know which one sounds the best at seven thousand RPM? So yeah. He didn't really have an answer for that. He kind of <laughs> would, he um, said they both sound great, but yeah, um, it was interesting. You mentioned those two cars again. So yeah, I've driven Caymans before. the The balance is is great and fantastic. And um, there's something about a a high revving V8 though that yeah. um, I am so thankful they are producing the Z06 uh, mm-hmm. naturally aspirated. I I can't wait to experience one of those that that will be a blast but um uh, the six-figure car budget is certainly not there yet <laughs> yeah uh, so um someday it will be but right now kind of that v8 swapped rebuilt title came in or or e90 so okay yeah, yeah and there's just something like tactile for me at least about a naturally aspirated engine and yeah. how it's got, you know, it's responsive in a different way than forced induction. And, mm-hmm. um, like it's just got, I feel like it's got more personality. Like I drive, um, I work at an Audi dealer and I, I drive cars with turbos all the time and, yep. you know, they, they make good power and they're, they can be efficient, but you know, like if I'm driving my car, I can add like just a twitch of my toe and the car responds and you just yeah. don't get that with, one, an automatic, or two, a turbo. Right, right. I think um, in high school, my my best friend, he had a um, MK3 Supra. Okay. And it was a, a turbo car. And so um, I, I still remember the the feel of a turbo car. I, I enjoy it. Call, call it a, a 90s or early 2000s turbo car where you put your foot down and it goes, but then you're just waiting for the surge to put you yeah. back in your seat. And then the, the external wastegate opens up and th- then you're hearing the naturally aspirated, you know, <laughs> you're hearing it like it's naturally aspirated. That that's, that's the kind of turbo car I like, you know, yeah. not, not necessarily the, um, the call it the modern turbo vehicle, but that, they've done a great job with the, with the power band, not really feeling a lot of turbo lag, but I, Mm -hmm. the turbo vehicle I like is the, if you're going to have one, you might as well, you know, have some lag and and a big shove once you get up into the higher RPMs. I think I can agree with all of that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been a great chat. And just as a reminder for everyone, you're on Instagram detached garage. Um, YouTube is at detached garage as well. Yep. So it's uh, youtube.com slash detached garage. And okay. then the website is detached garage.com and then cool. Facebook as well. But typically Facebook is uh, just a, more of a repost from, from Instagram. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, you, you, I know your Instagram page that I focused on mostly um, previously has given me a lot of inspiration and, um, I appreciate and, that and things like that. So, yeah. um, I definitely look forward to when you post new things. Um, so I'm going to keep watching that. I pre I recommend everyone do that cause it just gives you ideas and helps you get to thinking about your own project. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly, 
Um, I'm one of those people where I, I look at all my direct messages. So, you know, don't let the, the number of followers, oh, you know, 24,000, I think right, right now, send me a direct message with, um, what you're looking to do, what you're trying to do. I love chatting garages, whether, whether I, I give you an official consultation or, and we, we work together on your garage, um, no harm, no foul. If it doesn't, doesn't get there. I just want to see the world filled with more awesome garages. So that sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Sean. And, yeah, thanks, Isaac. um, we'll talk to you again soon. Perfect.